Hi, everyone, and welcome to Association Rockstars, where we hear about the journey insights of amazing association executives and partners who are building the association industry of tomorrow. I'm Lil Applebaum, CEO of Vistacova, where we bring facilitation to help organizations with their strategy, their governance, and their leadership. And I'm excited to have with me today Dana Coley. Dana is the Director of Client Partnerships at Delcor Technology Solutions. She likes making clients and people in general happy by finding solutions to their problems and creating positive relationships by connecting them with others. She's a big fan of the passion she sees in the association world and how technology can enable organizations to achieve great things. Dana, welcome. We're so excited to hear about your journey today. Thank you, Lowell. It's always good to see you, of course. Thank you for having me. Well, with the positivity uh, that we know that you bring to the table, I'd love to hear a little bit. We always talk about on Rockstars uh, about how the people that we speak to have strengths, uh, what our, many of our kids call superpowers. And so I'm just curious, what's one of yours? Yeah, um, I, th I think inherently um, my empathy is definitely my superpower. My first reaction when I talk to people is I have to know, like, where are they coming from? Like, who are they? Where do they, how did they get here? What are the things that drive them and putting myself in their shoes to understand their perspective and how I can help them be successful is definitely the one thing that always pops into my mind and the thing that I think is a consistent stream for me. Yeah. Life in general. Um, so definitely empathy and their perspective first, for sure. I like three different questions about that. We'll start with this one. So you're meeting someone new and like empathy is something uh, as a fellow empath, like something that I know that's resides inside and comes out easily. How do you employ it? Like where, where do you see that? Like you utilize it? Like what's the skill set or the approach that you're utilizing empathy when you meet someone new to mm -hmm. build that bridge? Yeah, that's a great question. I think the understanding other people's perspective and remembering that we're all human, like no matter who you're talking to, what you're talking about, everybody has vulnerabilities and everybody has challenges in life and just level setting and making sure that you're really listening and hearing and understanding where they're coming from rather than trying to impose your own thoughts or views or opinions into the conversation um, really is, I think, critically helpful for success. Um, and also just, I mean, being perpetually curious is the other part of that where, I mean, I think it kind of goes hand in hand with empathy. And like, I'm just so curious about like, I don't know how I got here. So how did you get here? <laughs> you know, and uh, all of the things in life that bring you to who you are as an adult and where you are in your um, in your life journey and all of understanding all of that really can help kind of find connections in places that you may not have ever known um, and help give you perspective of like, what is it that, you know, I can help this person with or what is it that they're really, um, what's what's driving them right now and how are, you know, the emotions behind all of that. And from that, you can really learn so much more about like next steps, either in a conversation or in, you know, in work in general, yeah. um, it's just helpful to understand um, the emotions behind the people. I love both the logic and the maturity of the application model of empathy and curiosity as you're talking about, right? I mm -hmm. hate the frame soft skills. I have, uh, agree with Simon Sinek, right? Because they're, they're actually the essential skills, but the people skills. Yeah, for real. Uh, but like you're your approach has a, a real expertise to it in terms of application. As you think about your own journey, I mean, is this the empathy and curiosity and the application of it something you were born with? Was there experiences you had along the way that refined it? Like, how did this become a superpower for you? That's a great question. My goodness. 
I've always been an empath, an empath um, but I think after, you know, life, life has some challenges and bumps and hurdles and not realizing back in the day that this is where I'd be in my life right now. Mm. Um, I'm still blown away that I get to do what I get to do every day and that I get to learn about so many different associations and how they really support the world. Um, and I'm fascinated by that. Um, and I think just recognizing my own fascination in that has made me realize, oh, this is like a skill, like the empathy is like understanding people and what drives them and and how that is like helps support the greater good yeah. uh, is something that I've just recognized over time um, that that's a tool that I have that I I don't, I mean, it just, it just comes naturally, but it's something that's an actual tool yeah. um, that I finally have realized after doing a lot of research about that, um, that it's something to really put in play. And it's not, it's ever, not everybody has it, which is also interesting to me too. The, I'll go to the organizational question in a moment, but you said I'd ask first. So what did you think you were going to be when you grew up and how did you end up working with associations? Um, well, I went to school for music education. Um, I wanted a normal life. So I was like, rather than going for a performance, I thought I would teach for a while. Um, had some, you know, really inspirational music teachers growing up too. And um, I realized after overdoing kind of the music component and performance um, that I just lost my passion for it. And so I knew though it was really important to have passion and inspire the next generation, but in that role. Um, so I was like, I need to find something else that's gonna give me that passion and help me find that drive. And um, I had no, I never ever thought that about any other career path besides that. So just tested things out for a while and kind of ended up in a role where um, I was helping with par client partnerships um, and learned all about that got exposure to you know, commercial and government and associations. And then over time realized, wow, the people in the association and nonprofit community are amazing people. And I just wanted to be around them, especially after you work with like GSA schedule stuff and oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> so so no, having the opportunity to only work with association and nonprofit professionals uh, was, was definitely like a huge, like, oh my God, this is so perfect for me. Because every day I get to meet new organizations and new people and learn how much out there that's being done that's good for the world and, and how just by talking with them and helping bring connections or solutions to the table for some of the challenges that they have is my own little touch to the future. Yeah. And, and my kind of my, my little classroom of kids is a different classroom, though. <laughs> uh, I do think the association world's a big classroom. I like that a lot, right? What, yeah. we, what we learn, how we help build the future. Uh, I want to ask a sort of an intersect question. You know, associations, we both work with so many different flavors and types and missions, uh, but a unifying factor is almost all of them in some way have members, right? They think about members. Yeah. I'm wondering as uh, someone who thrives on curiosity and, and empathy, how well you see associations employ those things when they are member-based, member-focused, right? Which is people-focused. Mm -hmm. Do you see organizations thrive? Like, or organizations have natural tendencies as well as an organization towards curiosity and empathy? Like, is that is that a strength you see associations have? Yeah, actually, I think that's a great question because I think that's where some organizations have a struggle if they're not putting themselves in the member's perspective and it's just, this is the way we've always done it versus, okay, members are changing and the 
demographic of what what they're looking for is is always adjusting and so if you don't continually put yourself in the your members shoes about what is it that they're needing rather than i oh we we assume our members only need these things that makes a big difference in how you plan for the future and how you develop new products and processes um, and if you're not really using that empathy to understand the member uh, then you're going to get stuck in a rut and and then come for help, which happy to help, <laughs> right. uh, but, but then you need help. <laughs> for right. Sure. No, the different, the different voice asking different questions is always, always helpful. Yeah. What are, uh, since you talked about curiosity, what do you think are some questions associations and their leadership should be asking themselves right now as we're in this mid 2020s fun time of uh, continual change? I mean, we're, where are you seeing any patterns of opportunity or challenge that there should be some questions as organizations are asking themselves? Yeah, that's a, another great question. So I I think, I mean, especially I'm going to have the lens of technology um, and recognizing, especially in the last few years, that we're all so reliant on technology to do what we do. Um, it's only going to grow um, from there. So understanding that while there may be things that you do with membership and um, you know certain value adds that have always been part of the play, you have to continually like be looking or looking at technology to help support next steps. And if you are embracing that as part of the entire um, culture of the organization versus a department, um, that certainly is going to help elevate you and keep you relevant for the next generation. Um, and so I think that you know just making sure that with every team leadership team is is talking about different components of the organization that technology has to be at the forefront of all of those components versus just a department um, for just you know for longevity of the whole organization for sure i know as all we all have kids with like their their phones and they're they're doing all their homework on their phone and their laptops and all the kind of you know when they become adults and they're you know in our shoes it's going to be a very different environment and how they communicate it's going to be secondhand to them to be relying on technology versus the old school days of us like writing letters remember doing that <laughs> vaguely and you have to say when you get letter now it's so special uh, yeah you know and even just the observation of uh, for all of us how our communication defaults are shifting mm -hmm. I swear that every person I talk to uh, when they talk about email right right it, there's the gag reflex of annoying about how many they're getting yep but uh, rather than seeing it as a vehicle for easier communication, which if you went back to the start of email, that was the point of it, right? Like, right, yeah. Easier, quicker, right? What can get things done more efficiently. Yep, absolutely. Uh, and so like those those shifting means of communication, it's a, interesting to think about what it will look like as, you know, it's not just next generation, next five, 10 years, what, yeah. what that will look like and how we connect. Oh, absolutely. And I think, of course, you know, the buzzword of AI and that being the next thing that's out, um, that's going to radically change everything. Um, so we're just at the forefront of understanding that right now. So that that's going to be a major factor in the next 10 years, for sure. And so since we're here, I'm going to ask you the question, since you lean in on uh, empathy and curiosity with the intersect of technology, where do you see any examples of excellence in uh, structuring building professional relationships right that technology as a barrier or technology as a help to mm -hmm. build personal relationships building professional relationships if you will 
right? Yeah. You see organizations doing that well. You see leaders doing that well. Because I think many would say, call it what you will, technology, virtual distance is a barrier to it. Mm-hmm. As someone who's steeped in curiosity and uh, empathy, what's what's your viewpoint? I, I see it as an enabler. I mean, what I used to be able to have two meetings a day can now be 10 meetings a day. And I get to see 10 different people instead of two different people, you know, hypothetically. Um, and I think it, and I never once also through the whole, you know, COVID shutdown and us being virtual, um, I never felt alone because I was doing this kind of thing all yeah. day long. And so be, having the ability at your fingertips to connect face to face at any time with anyone all over the world, I think is an amazing tool. Um, I personally don't get tired of being face to face when it's in 2D. Um, it's It makes in 3D that much more special. Um, and also really interesting when you finally meet somebody for the first time, you're like, oh my goodness, I had no, I I didn't even recognize you in 3D. You know, it's, it's just so fascinating to me how our, like the psychology of how our brains work when we see people in 2D versus 3D. Yeah. And just making sure that people are comfortable and vulnerable enough to recognize and say, oh, I didn't recognize you. It's okay. Like it's, this is all new for all of us. Right. So um, I think that the tools that we have are just really enabling us to continue like that meet and greet and facilitating conversations that would have otherwise taken a lot longer to be able to do. The, uh, the colleague, I call it the height quotient, right? You, you, depending oh, yeah. on where <laughs> the camera is, right. you have no clue how tall someone is. And I can tell you the number of times I've met someone. I'm like, you are a literally foot taller because right. you're down here, right? Well, looking down. And so you're actually like six foot four when you look five foot three. So right, right. I'm exactly. counting. Yeah. Uh, so it's, a, it's always fun that moment of in-person discovery, but like you're the person that I actually knew. Yes, it three. is. It is. You know, they, it doesn't hinder the ability uh, to make personal connection and to be curious. Agreed. I totally agree. I think it's been exciting to be able to meet so many more people that I never would have been able to if it was a, it has to be in person or it's a phone call. A phone call is great. And yes, you can get a lot done with a phone call, but there's something about like connecting with someone and seeing their face and expressions and their, um, and their face and their eyes um, that makes such a difference with, with connections. It's the intentionality of it, right? You're not walking past them in the hallway. You have to think about like, who do I need to connect with? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, I'll go off that question. So in terms of like the intentionality, like who we need to connect with, as you think about your own career path, where have you found a- along the way key examples of people who have been a good mentor or a teacher who've really right supported you or advocated for you that as you think about the success you've had in your career, right, where have you found those people and what have those relationships been like? Yeah, I th- think, well, there's a few different things that come to mind. Um, one is female leadership has been so dominant in my professional career, and it's so inspirational to have female leaders that are empathetic um, and organized and thoughtful and empowered and give their teams the, the right to do what they need to do. Um, I think that's just really awesome to be able to see that. So just female leadership in general, I think is a theme that I feel like is really awesome in the, especially in the association nonprofit world. Um, then there's also colleagues that just kind of 
validate that, yeah, you know what you're doing. This is really, you're doing an amazing job. And I think hearing from people that you work with on the thought process before you get to a, like a, a point in a, you know, any sort of like a conversation with a client or team or whatever it may be, um, understanding that your thought process is, is true and, and you have a good sense of what you're doing. Um, that validation is really helpful, just knowing that you have support from internal people. And what uh, one of the other things coming to mind that that I recognize through that is that so many times people just don't say something out loud that yeah. others are thinking about. And so I have learned to just spill it out and just say what I'm thinking. And I think this might be the right, right way. What do you guys think? And, and having that kind of freedom to know I'm, I'm human and I'm going to make a, a mistake, but if I say it out loud, somebody else might be like, I'm so glad you said that to me, or yeah. so glad you mentioned that because other people might feel a little bit less hesitant or le more hesitant to say something out loud and kind of give direction. Um, and I think that's a really um, kind of cool kind of side part to answering your question, but um, it's, it's also helps with like that colleague mentality of you working with the team and, and helping validate each other and how you're doing um, and supporting each other at that the being willing to say the things that need to be said, which often can be positive and reinforcing. I mean, right, there's numerous opportunities for gratitude each day that we just pass by uh, that, uh, as well as the places of refinement that need to be said that often are skipped as well. Yes. I yes. love that. And with all that, like, hopefully we learn, right? Like we learn and get better. Oh, uh, absolutely. As, as you think about sort of your path ahead, where are you looking for learning? Like, what what do you see as like where you want to get stronger? What skills you want to build? Where where do you tend to go to to learn and grow? Yeah, I love a challenge. Um, so I think you know developing new partnerships and and um, helping to create new partnerships is really imp important to me. Um, but I also love the challenge of solving problems. So I'm certainly not one to hold my tongue if I see something that could use a fix, um, whether it needs to be me to own it or not. Um, I think it's just continuing to elevate those things that like this needs attention, let's work on a solution and let's you know move forward. Um, I think just in, you know as a, as a leader and working towards becoming a bigger leader, I think that's something that's really important to me is helping to bring things to the table that could be solved bring the right people to solve it and give them the time and energy and the the, the gumption to go do it um, versus having to feel like I have to take it all on myself. Um, uh, it's definitely where I see myself growing. I have, you know, when, you, when you're able to build a team that's just full of awesome people that have so many great skills, um, giving them the, the time and the energy and the, the yes, do it, cool, bring your own idea to the table. Um, I think it's such a, a great feeling uh, as a leader. And I think that's where, um, I'm recognizing too more of that whole empathy side of me where I see where you where you want to go and where you want to be in your life. And like, here's what I here's something else I can give you that's a new skill that you can start learning rather than taking it on myself. Um, I think it's something that I see myself growing into even more for sure. Uh, when you put on the the session uh, that is around growing gumption builds better teams, let me know so I can go to it. I love okay, it. cool. <laughs> I love I love the frame of that. I like that too. I think I might steal that. Time goes by quickly. You know, the clearly you have a long and impactful career ahead. 
but as you, you know, approach whatever that point is that you'll transition to perhaps spending all time on the beach behind you, yeah. yes. right? What do you want to have to look back and accomplish? What are you hoping your, your legacy is for the association community? So I think with, when it's a one-to-one, -one, I, I always want to walk away from any engagement with a human, uh, making them feel good about themselves and making them feel heard and validated um, and, and being human and vulnerable. So um, even if it's a simple like two minute conversation in a hallway between sessions, I mean, that's, that's, it's the same thing. I just, I always want to walk away with leaving a smile on people's face and having that feeling of, of going to the beach, like something that's relaxed and chill. And ah, that was great. Like yeah. that's the kind of feeling I want from a one-on-one -on -one, um, legacy with a career and kind of the bigger picture legacy. Um, just knowing that anything that I'm involved with, I'm making a difference and helping move the needle in the right direction, um, bringing people along with me and helping them grow and move in the right direction and making sure that, you know, that whatever I'm doing, I left a, it better than it was before. Um, Cause every day I get to, like, I get a chance to work with so many different people that are doing so many different amazing missions. It's, I just want to help them. So um, the opportunity to do so is amazing to me. I have a feeling each, uh, each interaction conversation that you have where you leave the smile behind, you're making uh, ripples of leaving the world better than you left it before. Oh, thank you. That's awesome. That's, that's the whole goal. I feel like everybody should be that way, right? We're all yeah. innately good people. Um, so I wow. like to see the, the good side of everybody, no matter what. <laughs> and that's exactly why we wanted to have you on because hopefully others will hear it and see what all of you listening at home, hopefully you'll <laughs> think about who's, who can I interact with today that I haven't and how do they leave that conversation with a smile on their face? Yep. Dana, it's been a, a pleasure to chat. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Lowell. I appreciate the opportunity to talk. And Amy Hager in the background there running all the interwebs. Much thanks to her. I'm sure you've enjoyed everyone chatting with her there. And to everyone who continues to tune in, thank you for being with us as we get to meet, greet, and get to know amazing rock stars like Dana. And until next time, Association Rock Rock.